0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Call to action podcast. uh, very special guest, uh, al Central champ and uh, moving on to the ALDS uh, member of the Guardians and former ball state pitcher. Zach Pleaak, Zach, how you doing today?
1: I'm doing great, man. Just woke up in New York you know, all the all the fields are are there this morning the the buzz, the butterflies, the excitement um, it was wild. We flew in the other night kind of late and the sleep schedule gets, gets kind of changed around a little bit when big games are happening. You know, it's like hard to fall asleep and it's like hard to get up. So it's definitely an exciting time. Um, beautiful day in New York. I'm not sure what it's like over in Ohio, but it's like 70 degrees here. Beautiful. So it's going to be a good one today.
0: Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice here, uh, in Cleveland as well. Um, yeah, take us through, well, first of all, what's, uh, we saw you, uh, short story, we're, we follow all the football games here every Saturday. And so um, we were all up here. And then obviously on one of the TVs, we had the Guardians game on. Um, saw, you, saw you starting to warm up there. What, what's going through your mind, A, when you're warming up, and then B, when Oscar hits that bomb?
1: Oh, man, yeah. It was the whole day, you know, it was whoever scored was going to win. So it, it was just a dual um, those, noon, those noon games are tough. You know, it's kind of like bright and early. It feels like a travel ball game a little bit. But, yeah, you know, I wasn't lined up to start that series, you know, coming back um, after crack, fracturing my finger. Um, just the buildup, you know, I think they thought I could be of use out of the bullpen. So sitting down there, was. it's been different. You know, I had one bullpen um, appearance right before the season. And I needed to kind of get my feet underneath myself before it happened in the playoffs. But, you know, and coming into that game, I was going to come in the inning before, but it was a quick inning. And then, um, you know, I was going to be the next guy up and all the adrenaline, all the butterflies are going on, you know, it's just a different feel coming out of the bullpen than as it would be a start. Um, especially in those situations, it'd been a big moment. And we needed somebody to go pitch as many innings as, as they could, you know, I was ready to pitch for the next two hours if I had to, and I think that's that just goes to show how Tito managed that game all the way into the very end. That he had guys in the back end that could have kept this thing. We could have played all day. So um, you know, it, it definitely was an exciting situation to be able to to be able to be ready for. Um, and I knew you know I was ready for when they called my name. But it's just really this how Tito managed that whole game was how how, how we won. And
2: what about just I mean, like Jeremy said. I mean, Oscar hits that bomb. I mean, he knew it the second he hit it. I mean, yeah. and then just the celebration, um, running out there, how many things were spilled in the dugout?
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, it, was, it was madness. It was all around madness when that happened. Um, you know, it was Corey Kluber who had came in and relief for them. Their, you know, what their starter in, in the bullpen. And it's funny because he had helped the Indians get to the playoffs when he was there. And now he just helped the guardians get to the playoffs coming back to Cleveland. So he should be the, he's the Cleveland hero in my opinion. Uh, But Oscar is, you know, been doing that all season. He's got the slug. He's a big bat in the lineup and he's just a young kid, you know, and it's really cool to see how just guys like him and, you know, other rookies on the team have really stepped up in their roles. And that's really why we've been winning so, so much. It's a collective, Collective unit we have, and we don't have many guys who hit bombs, but Oscar's one of them. So when he was up the bat, it was like this game has a chance to be over here in one swing.
0: The the other question, just one more thing about the end of that game or throughout that game, it was the first uh, MLB postseason game where neither team scored a run in 14 innings. Um, what's it, take us in the bullpen? Like, what's the do you guys talk to one another? Do you guys keep it loose? Like, just throughout that whole game, what's give us a little behind the scenes.
1: Yeah, it's definitely loose um, down there. It, it's a good time. And, you know, third inning comes around. You kind of start moving around. Um, feel out the situation. Guys are, um, you know, just starting to stretch out. Maybe drink some Gatorade, get a coffee in them, um, make some jokes. You know, it's, it's super light. Um, and then it came down to, you know, everybody was getting used. And it was me and Kirk McCarty were the last two long relief guys. Um, and we just, I remember looking at each other and like, you know, one of us are going to win this game. And we were just like, we're, we're the only ones left, you know? So um, that, that um, collective unit in in the bullpen that we have is a special group. I mean, Brian Sweeney's our bullpen coach and he does a really good job at just keeping everybody like everybody. It's a close, you know, when you sit down in the bullpen all game, you don't have your cell phone, you have nothing but each other. And like, those three hours together, that's, you know, you build a really good, strong relationship. And I think our bullpen has been doing that all year and it's really a special group. And those guys have been dominating. So, you know, every time those guys came in that game, they locked it down. And then big Sam Henson's pitched three innings in that game. And, you know, the first two innings went quick and then he he ended up winning the game. It was just, he hasn't done anything different all year than what they did that, that, that game. So, um it was really cool to watch and just be a part of.
2: Now, do you have a favorite pitch that you like to throw personally or do you just switch it up based on the batter and the stats and everything you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, it kind of depends on the day, you know. Like if, sometimes if the heater's feeling good, you can just throw that anytime. And then uh the the slider is really like my my devastator. You know, like swing and miss, strike out. Um, change up is kind of like fall behind the count, get a quick out, you know, and um, when the curveball's is working, it's usually a pretty good day. You know, everything's pretty much working, but it kind of really depends on the day. You love throwing the heater, um, anytime you can. And, uh, yeah, just let it rip.
0: <laughs> now, now you guys, uh, had the luxury of ending the season on a huge homestand and got the play the past weekend here at home. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned being in New York, um, and, and, uh, you know, it's probably a different feeling and, uh, You know, it's the Yankees after all. I mean, everyone—that's just through history, right? The Yankees. What have you? What have you been doing? What do you do differently, if anything, on the road? What have you been doing since you got into town yesterday? Right?
1: Yeah. um, Well, and two days ago, two nights ago.
0: Okay.
1: So yesterday was kind of like a day to chill. Um, But we really—I mean—you get into town usually like you fly in the night before. You know, you ride the bus to the hotel. And on the bus, you know, somebody gets on the speaker and you're all kind of like entertaining yourselves. You know, you call rookies up to the front of the bus and they have to introduce themselves and like, you know, say how much they signed for and tell a story, entertain the boys. Um, you know, and then usually we'd either get dinner that night, either like, you know, a couple different groups will go get dinner. So it's not like a huge group all the time. So that can get kind of tough to organize. organize. But, um, you know, like the other night, just kind of got in and kicked it with some guys. And yesterday we went out for a dinner. And um, really just, you know, some guys shopped for some clothes to wear to the games today just to feel good. Um, you know, definitely get some dinner and kind of kick it. The family got in last night. So, you know, it was cool to be able to share this experience with the families and, you know, people that you know, are significant others or wives, you know, it's funny because everybody on our team is so young. There's not many married guys, you know, so a lot of guys just have girlfriends they've been dating for a few uh-huh. years. or whatever. So um, it's just good to have them here and experience that, you know, with us. And, of course, at that that makes it feel more homey, you know, and your family's here. And, you know, today is just the morning of wake up. As soon as I woke up this morning, order some coffee from room service, plan on walking around for a second, you know, just kind of getting outside before the bus at 2 o'clock. We'll head to the field, head to Yankee Stadium, and kind of get it rolling from there.
0: That's great. Do you have a favorite do – do you have a go-to place when you go to New York City? Or do you try something new every time, like to, to go yeah. to a restaurant?
1: Yeah. I mean, Lavo is really good. Tao is always good. Um, you can get Tao in a few a few, places, a few other cities. Um, I mean, New York is, is good for pretty much anything. So um, Lavo and Tao. We went to Tao last night, and it was really good. Um, some sushi and some, some sea bass and all that good stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely like a thing that you get out to wherever city you're at and go get some good food because you can't be locked up in the hotel all night.
0: <laughs> Wait, what's your favorite road trip? Where's the best city? Do you have one?
1: Well, um, I would say I mean I love Chicago. I really do, man. There's so much like the energy there and the food there and the people there. Um, I love going to um L.A. to Seattle. Seattle's one of my favorite places. Actually, the Pacific Northwest is beautiful and the hotel's really nice. The stadium is like amazing energy that they bring. Um, Boston's really cool. New York's cool. Um, you know, Yankee Stadium is, is its own beast. That it's fun to play in. If you're any type of competitor, that's the environment you want to put yourself in, you know. And so um, I have to say like Chicago, Seattle, Toronto, um, Chicago, Seattle, Toronto, L.A., and Boston.
0: I was going to ask, you, I mean, I guess Seattle would would uh, probably be acceptable. But I was going to say, what's an under the radar uh, place? Because, I mean, you know, New York, Boston. I, I could have probably said your answer for you,
1: yeah, yeah, Seattle <laughs> could be one of those like sleepers, yeah. you know, okay, but um I would say even uh, let me see another sleeper, let me see, that's tough, man. I mean, I always Florida's always cool, but you know the stadium in in uh, St Pete isn't like the ideal setup, but just right. being down in Florida's cool. Um, Dude, I say Seattle's the, the sleeper. Seattle's the sleeper top five for sure.
0: All right. So
2: I'm a big pizza fan. So you said Chicago's your favorite city to play in, but do you prefer Chicago Chicago style pizza? Are you talking maybe New York style pizza, Detroit style?
1: Yeah. Ah oh, dang. Oh man, that Detroit could be the sleeper city. Actually, I take my mind. But Detroit style pizza is actually the bomb. That's one of my favorite. Chicago is, you know, what I grew up on, the style of pizza, so I, I know that really well, too. Um, so, I mean, Birmingham is where we stay in Detroit. Um, it's like 20, 30 minutes outside the city, and it's like a really – it's like a whole – it's like a hidden gem around Detroit that you stay in, and it's a really nice area. But definitely pizza in Chicago is going be, gonna to be my pick.
2: What, what kind of pizza are you getting, though, if you're getting Detroit-style? Are you loading it up, or are you getting just – cheese pepperoni
1: yeah i'm honestly like if it's detroit style probably just get some like pepperoni or maybe some meat lover something like that um i really started to eat pineapple on my pizza when i go on the road sometimes which is fun Mm -hmm. and i mean that's good i never was a fan of that until like as of late but um it's usually like a meat lovers or like a, a like no mushroom usually ever anything besides like mushroom and and any cold tomatoes, no, not for me.
2: Oh, I, I love tomatoes.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, meat lover, maybe like a little pepper and uh, some pineapple. Deep dish, I mean, deep dish is always a good one. in Chicago.
0: Sure. sure. What's the place? you have a favorite place in Chicago?
1: Oh, man. I mean, Malinati's. Yeah. Um, that, one's, that one's bomb. I'll go with that. Okay.
2: How do you Uh, feel about
1: Portillo's? Portillo's? Yeah. The cake shake?
2: I was going to (laughs) say, have you ever had a cake shake?
1: Of course, Portillo's (laughs) is – not many people know about Portillo's. I thought it was only a Chicago thing, and then I moved out to um, Scottsdale, Arizona for the offseason, and they got one out there. didn't
2: really?
1: (laughs) Portillo's, yeah. About the roast beef, come on.
2: I'm actually (laughs) genuinely scared of the cake shakes, but, like – my parents, they're obsessed with it. My dad, like every time we're in Chicago, he's going to Portillo's, he's getting a dog and a cake shake. Nice.
1: Yeah, the cake you can't really beat the cake shake.
0: Last year was my first experience. We had the MAC uh, men's golf championship right outside Chicago, and there was a place, right? It was in, in Naperville. And uh, okay. that was my first experience. And yes, I'm, I'm on the train. I'm definitely on the train. Oh, Good stuff.
1: Naperville, nice, nice little city, really yeah. nice city. It is. No doubt. We saw it's a lot there, of no. places. Yeah. No, that's the good. Right around the city of Chicago, they have those those cities that are really nice. Yeah.
0: No doubt. Um, we talk about playing the Yankees. I want to take you back to your college days, okay? And uh, as we all know, uh, Aaron Judge made American League history uh, a couple of weeks ago, or a week ago, or whatever it is. If you're in the crowd, and you catch that ball, yeah. What, what are you, what would you be asking for? Normandy, you get your answer ready to, I have my answer, but if you, if you were to catch that ball, not even Aaron judge, but if you were to catch a home run ball of anyone that was historic, what would be your, what would, what would you do?
1: Oh man, I would hold it for ransom. I would have a big, a uh, big price tag on it or I just need season tickets for the next year or two. Um, but you know, I'm I'm sure that they hooked whoever got that ball up with something, but either either uh, season tickets for the next year or a big bag of ransom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Normally, what would you?
2: Oh, I feel like I'm the type of person that I would just be like, it's so iconic. Like, yes, you can just have it back and then be oh. like after the fact after the fact, I'd be like, dang, like. I should have asked for like this, that, and this, maybe a nice dinner. Maybe I just want like a really, I love food. So yeah, just gonna be a nice like, dinner.
1: Yeah, a celebratory dinner that you caught it, get paid yeah, for like, it
2: Actually send me to Nobu and then <laughs> that's it.
0: You guys are I'm much too, well, I, I guess I'm a little bit of both. Like I would, uh, I mean, I grew up my whole life, Indians, Guardians fan. <clears throat> um, if a moment like that happened, like Cleveland history, I probably wouldn't ask anyone for money, but I would definitely be going to the guardians in this case and be like, look, I don't want any money. I don't want even a the guy whoever hit it, but uh season tickets for the rest of my life.
1: No doubt. Rest of your like, life. Yeah. That, that
0: <laughs> like actually- like I, I need that sweet. I need that dugout suite, you know, yeah. progressive, like any game forever. playoffs. That's it. If it was that big of a home run or a record breaking home run. Um, but I've been just such a baseball fan my whole life. I wouldn't probably, I like, like, pay attention to the history of the game, but I want the fandom to come through. So I, I've thought about that since the home run. So wanted to ask your, your take on that.
2: I love the social media account, though. That's like the guy is now requiring, like, it's a sum of money, but like just it's the father's, his father's approval. I'm like, I think that's hilarious. <laughs> like, yeah, maybe my parental approval.
0: Like, oh. like the, I like the bag of, I mean, the bag is obviously, if it was an opposing team, that's what I'd be going for. But if it was my oh, right. team I grew up for, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like,
2: but if you're exchanging a bag of money, it's got to like, you got to make it seem like super sketchy, like behind <laughs> the stadium in like an alley, you have the ball, they have the bag, they drop the bag, you roll the ball. Got to make it like a movie.
0: <laughs> I uh, I did want to ask Um, as part of just being a fan of the guardians Um, is the chemistry on the team as good if not better than it appears to to the outside fan and and why is that
1: yeah I mean it's next level really like everybody there's no clicks on this team and it really it feels like I don't want to say like a college atmosphere you know like that kind of camaraderie where there's just a lot of young guys you know and they tend to bring the unity together in the culture being like younger, you know, you get, I don't want to say clicky, but you know, as veterans are on the team and they have their presence, you know, those guys a little bit paid off more money, kind of experienced life a little bit differently are interested in different things, you know, have families or whatever, everybody's around the same age and we're all, most of us play together in the minor leagues too, because a lot of these guys came up together and even the guys who, Came over in the Padres trade they all played together in the minor league so they already had that camaraderie of had played together before and then they bring that into this group um you know that we have who have came up through the Indians or you know as an Indian well now the guardians organization um and it's just it's a complete full package of team camaraderie and everybody gets along there's no clicks um and you know even in like the minor leagues our organizations every single year like one of our affiliates have won their respected league. So like guys have experienced winning guys have experienced playing together and know how to win together. And then you bring it all together. And it's just like, you know, nobody besides Jose Ramirez is like considered a veteran, you know, superstar. So where everyone's just on their hustle right now as a young player, trying to make their, trying to make a name for themselves and just play the game the right way. And our style of baseball really It takes everybody collectively as a team, you know, hit the ball on the ground, move the guy over, sack fly. It's just the style of play kind of creates that culture in itself, which is like something I've never experienced. And a lot of these guys, I'm sure, you know, can tell you that it's a special thing to be around.
0: Yeah. And and as a follow up, um, I think it might be a tough question, but maybe not. Um, Who's not? I I think most people would look at the roster and say Jose Ramirez is the leader of the team. Um, Yeah. I'm not asking who the leader is, but who is the heart? Who Who is the heart of that team? It might be Jose, but who? I don't know. If you, if you get what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, I would say, um, I mean, Jose is probably the backbone. But um, Austin Hedges, our catcher, is the heart. I think he kind of rallies everybody. He's, you know, he's, he's the vocalist. You know, he's the guy who's... Um, super smart you know knows the game and has been through a lot of he's a veteran presence on our team he's got like eight years in the big leagues and you know he's caught a lot of good pitchers and played in a lot of games so and he he's really the guy that kind of rallies everyone together um we don't have any like hoorah kind of guys because everybody kind of gets each other motivated and, and excited to play but I think you know Jose's the backbone just the way he carries himself and goes about his his daily work and how he you know, he plays the game. Then you got Austin Hedges behind the plate, kind of like holding it down as a quarterback.
0: Okay. And, and I love the uh, victory cigar with the shirt off on the field. That was uh, yeah. iconic, iconic photo. And in, in Cleveland sports history right there. No doubt.
2: Now growing up, uh, were you a uh, Indian slash guardians fan, or were you more Chicago fan base?
1: Anyway. I was definitely a White Sox fan growing up. Um, south side, like 30 minutes from my, my hometown. I went to like a million White Sox games. and The tickets were cheap. You know, I didn't, it was an extra like 20 minutes to drive to the North side, so uh, to Wrigley. But, um, you know, like I had family that played on the Cubs. We still weren't Cubs fans. We were like White Sox diehards. I uh, had, my dad had a dog. She was black and white, Australian Shepherd named Comiskey after Comiskey Park, the White Sox old stadium name. So um, like as a kid, I grew up a White Sox fan. And they would always be playing the, the, the Indians at the time, you know. So, like, it's just funny now how many times when we go back and play the White Sox. It's just, like, a full circle moment for me.
2: So you brought up your dog growing up. Um, according to your Instagram, you have a dog now. or a sweater to a game a little while ago. Yeah. Uh, tell me a little bit about your dog. You know, What kind of dog is it? What's the name?
1: It's Lola Rose. She's a mini Bernadal. Um, She is the youngest of five in the litter and me and my buddy got the brother and sister i got her my rookie year so she's three years old now she's been to florida she's been to arizona she's been in new york chicago she travels with me almost everywhere she's seen the beaches on each coast like she's gone to right. she's up north she's seen the snow she's honestly like she's a little mini human with like short little legs but she's honestly <laughs> dog and she goes to games and she sits there and chills. Um the first like couple times she went to games, she would like the crowds would start getting all amped up and then she would start getting all amped up, but now she kind of like knows the vibe, I think. Um but she honestly is like anything I could ask for in a dog and we we take her just about anywhere. So yeah, she's amazing.
2: What's the dog's favorite city? No.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Probably like somewhere by the water, somewhere by the ocean. <laughs> yeah,
0: in New York, you got Central Park. No, Is yeah. is is, is uh, your dog with you on this trip?
1: She's actually not with uh-huh. me. I wish she was here, but it, it's going to get crazy here, so we just told. She watched. She's out hanging out with her her cousins.
0: I figured, I figured the last thing to bring it back. Like Mac full circle is, uh, you know, Dre Jameson. I don't know if you've been paying attention to what he did towards the end of the year. I mean, we have you, yeah. I know there was a couple ball state guys who were drafted and I, I think a couple more that are like, if you look at charts that could be, you know, ball state just putting, putting out some, uh, real flamethrowers. What, what do you attribute that to, or just pitching in the Mac?
1: Oh man. I mean, the Mac, is i don't even want to say it's a slept on conference because there's guys who come out of there every year i mean they just obviously don't get the notoriety as the the bigger schools because i feel like all the hype goes to those schools and you definitely get a really good selection of crop out of the mac um i'm ball state you know i think it just kind of goes with the culture you know it kind of it was how the standard was set you know what starting it back from you know brian bullington and it was kind of like when i got there you got to like not live up to Bullington, but you know, you had the senior leaders and you kind of always were referenced back to like what he did. And so you wanted to live up to like certain expectations. You know, they had first rounders, um, you know, and then just going in the pro ball, you know, as long it's like one of those things when you see other people that that it it just seems um, that it's a feat that is able to be accomplished when you see that it's possible, you know what I mean? And um, I think you know, even just going back to ball state just the culture that we built the unity that we had and there was always a point to work hard and it's like a blue collar mentality i think that will always help you no matter what you're doing in your career in life you know you're you're never the top dog you always got to earn it and that's how it is it's like nothing's given it's always earned you you carry the mentality and that'll get you as far as anything you know in your life doing whatever you're doing so i think you know just um holding yourself accountable and just being that blue collar, having that work ethic to, to handle all the ups and the downs that come with the game, you know, and not like attached to all the good that's happening or the bad and be too negative. Cause you're going to go through valleys, you know, and you're going to be at the top at one point, and then you're going to be at the bottom at another point, you know, and this game will do that to you. This isn't a game where you can outwill people or like dive on the floor for a loose ball or be more aggressive than the other team. And win. you really got to just mentally like go through, things you know and build the callus and continue just to work hard and believe in yourself um you know it's really cool to see how ball state's been you know creating these players that are at this caliber you know and it goes to show that a culture that's built there is something that can take forward in your life to be a better person and like just a hard worker
2: yeah, and kind of going off of that, um, what advice would you have for any young ball players, maybe still in high school, middle school, that want yeah. to get to the level that you're at?
1: Um, well, for a pitcher, I would say command the fastball, really just command your fastball. But you got to, I would say for anybody in general, I mean, it's going to take a lot of sacrifice and a lot of hard work. Like there's going to be times when you're going to have to give up doing something what might be fun in order to like give yourself the advantage in other areas. You know, like being in the gym late, going to the gym after study tables, like after you already been in the gym earlier and just getting extra work in and really being um, self-critical. I guess, you know, like being able to tell what you're lacking in and be honest with yourself and then focus on that and get better at it to make yourself the best that you can be because really the only thing you can do is worry about your potential. You know, and once you start trying to compare yourself to other people around you and seeing what they're doing and I need to do it like this because they're doing it like that, you kind of get lost of who you are. You know what I mean? So it's really about bringing out the most potential within yourself and you have to do that by being like critical of, of yourself, you know, and figuring out what it is you got to get better at and just hammering it away.
0: Great, great answer. Um, before we let you go, one final question. How I know the finger set you back. How's the golf game?
1: Golf game? Yeah, we're good. I've been out golfing since. Yeah, everything's oh, hey. good. Uh-huh. Yeah, we play the so West Bank Golf Club in Cleveland. I don't know if you heard of it.
0: West? West oh, Bank. yeah, the, the indoor? The indoor? The in,
1: yeah. Okay. I with, uh, Gabe Adams, who runs it, he uh, opened it up late. We were shooting. I shot a 75 on the simulator. He shot a 74. He beat me on the last hole. We gotta get up there. At least if not shoot some golf, go to get up to West Bank before this year ends.
0: Nice. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I have uh I've heard good things. I think they're putting another one downtown. Um, uh-huh. I forget where it is, but like
2: by Heinens,
0: yeah. Oh, by Heinen's, Over there in yeah. East Night. Yeah, I think they're gonna have another simulator type place too. So there's there's more. Golf is golf is on the come up for sure. Uh I think more people are getting more and more interested. I think COVID.
1: Yeah, yeah. you need the indoor.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, COVID people is definitely always trying to get me to, to the go reason. to. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: Oh, no, no. I was going to say just in Cleveland, like the indoor simulator is like the move because it's so cold year out. It's like a good environment to go to. And um, <clears throat> no, but yeah, you said COVID kind of rallied the sport back to what it is now. And so, like, I think you're right. Yeah,
0: no doubt. Yeah, uh, my buddies tried to get me to go to Top Golf during the summer. I said no. I, I love
2: Top Golf. No,
0: not there. To oh. it. It's too nice. You got to be out on an actual course. But any well, other time, I can do it.
2: Top Golf's fun for just like a nice little like party environment. You know, you're gonna get like yeah. little donuts that you can like inject the jelly into. And no,
0: it's not. As,
2: it's, it's just a it's a vibe thing. That's another vibe thing, but not not true golf. Fair enough.
0: Now, Zach, we'll make West Bank and, uh, you know, guy go see our guy Jimmy up at uh, Little Mountain.
1: Yeah, Jimmy Hanlon. You already know. <laughs> Got it.
0: All right. Well, Zach, uh, you know, we thank you for taking the time uh, to to yeah. talk with us today. And, uh, you know, best of luck, uh, not only this series, but moving forward to you and the Guardians. We hope to see you out there on the mound uh, soon. And, uh, you know, go go guards.
1: Heck yeah, I appreciate that. And thank you guys for having me. We'll talk soon. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. Take care.
2: Thank you.